welcome back to another episode of Dr. Me First. It's me, Dr. Aaron freaking Wiseman, your colleague in medicine, coach in life, all things sass, <laughs> hanging out with you here today. I have the special honor of bringing you this badass spotlight with Dr. Liz Pierce. Liz and I have got to know each other over the last two years. She tells her story and her journey, and I am just so excited that she agreed to come on the podcast and let me record it and ask her more questions about where she's at. So take a listen and also listen to why she picked the word buoyancy. I think you're going to love it. All right, here we go. Welcome to the podcast, my friend, my colleague, my hiking buddy, Dr. Liz Pierce. Hi. It's so great to have you here today. So good to be here. Thank you. I'm honored that you asked me to be on. Well, yeah, you are definitely one of my baddies for the Badass Spotlight. And so tell the people out in podcasting world a little bit about yourself. So I live in Maine and I am... The exciting news is that I'm three and a half weeks into my retirement slash resignation, which is feeling so good. I am a, I'm 40, which I think is important to mention just because I'm considered still early in my career or young. Some days I feel ancient, but I'm not anymore. Now I feel youthful. And I'm a mom. I have three young boys, four, six, and eight. And I'm a board certified ear, nose, and throat surgeon. Absolutely. And how did you find your way to me? <laughs> the universe puts you in my life. I fully believe that. Well, I found you, I got introduced to coaching actually through the PMG um, Physician Women's Group Conference in San Antonio, Texas. Gosh, when was it? it was right before COVID hit, February 2020. And learned about coaching through Sunny Smith and Dita George and a couple different people out there and was in the middle of burnout, realized exactly what was like Suddenly, everything had a name. I realized I wasn't the only person, you know, all these things. And then I was trying to figure out, I'd done some coaching and I was trying to figure out how I knew there was like the right match for me out there. And I had Googled some podcasts and I found your name. And then I heard you were doing a masterclass like a few days later and I signed up and did it. And I was like, boom, she's my gal. She's going to help me. She's like, <laughs> she gets me. The sass. Bringing all the, the sass to Yeah, it. the sass. I definitely, you saying sass and like the sass is part of it for sure. It was Good. Like, I just knew you got me and that you were like, when I listened to your first podcast, which I don't remember which one it was to be honest, but I was like, she must be talking directly to me. How fortunate <laughs> she can see inside my brain. Absolutely. And so give the people a little bit of background of kind of like what was happening in your medical practice at that time and like personal life, all the things. Yeah. So I um, grew up in Maine. I came back to my home state. I, I had I finished residency in 2015 and Maine is a very underserved area. And I joined a group, a hospital owned group that was currently is essentially the only show in town. But at the time, you know, was exactly where I had always seen myself being a very small group at the time that had just been sort of bought out by the hospital. And the, let's just say the group has exponentially grown. Um, well, the hospital system, the way med we've all watched medicine change with EMR and new rules by CMS every day and all the things. And I was 
working like ridiculous amounts, taking ridiculous calls for the whole state, essentially had three young kids, had like a two year old, like a, I had two kids when I was in my practice, um, took six weeks off for each child because I thought that was, that's what I did in residency it was five and a half weeks. And then the other two was like, well, you know, I got to get back to my patients, got to keep, you know, giving it back to my home state, working a million hours a week. And was in a really, by 2019, very frustrated with a number of the realization that I could not change the things that I felt should be changed. (laughs) Let's just say, just seeing things that were not fair to patients, to staff, just it was, and being a person who wants to help, who wants to fix things, who does surgery, I realized I didn't have a voice. I could not, despite all my best intentions and how hard I worked and working harder and harder, I couldn't fix the system. And I felt for the longest time, like that was my personal failure, that something must be wrong with me. If I could only change something about me or my attitude or my hours um, or just work harder, that I could make it better. And I was, didn't even realize it. I just, my husband called me a robot and I was like, this is just how life is. Maybe I'll FaceTime my kids for dinner, you know, five out of seven nights a week. And that's just how it is. So I was really, really, really burnt out. When I came to you, I had made the decision to take a leave, but you helped me decide that was exactly what I needed to do. Yeah. And I thought that was really insightful. You had already scheduled yourself to be off. It was a month, right? Four weeks. Mm-hmm. It was five weeks. Five weeks. Yeah. yeah. And and so you came to me and I remember one of our first conversations that uh, we had and I was like, what are you going to do during these five weeks? <laughs> And you're like, I'm going to feel so much better. And I was like, no, you're going to do nothing. Yes, you did. I even, so I, one thing I've done during my recovery these past three and a half weeks is go back through my journal that was, I started essentially when I started coaching with you and like point out all the nuggets of moments that blew my brain apart. And I realized so much that really helped me get where I am now. And I wrote that the leave should be about being, that's what you said in all caps. And I wrote down not being productive <laughs> because in my mind, and I think you said, you're like, you have to rest. And when I, you know, to go back to the decision to make the leave, because I'm sure there's people out there who the thought of stopping and taking a pause, the immediate thought I had forever was, I can't, I can't like, oh my schedule. Oh my gosh. Like I can't even take a sick day, let alone five weeks off my surgery, my schedule. You know, it was an immediate, I can't, I can't jump off this hamster wheel. Um, You know, the world will literally crash and burn with my thinking, not because I'm special, but because I just felt like there was no time to even, it was a time scarcity thing. I can't think about taking time off. But what I realized was that it took me that period of time to get my brain rested enough to even think clearly about how I really wanted to live the rest of my life. And you can't, for me, at least having kids at home or even a vacation, I can't do that in a weekend. I can't do that even on a day off because, you know, you're catching up on laundry or trying to finish those notes that you told yourself you were going to finish. But that was really important. It was so fortuitous that I met you as I was going, I, I think I met you in, Jan- in January and then my leave started in mid-February, but you helped me prepare to not have this huge to-do list for my leave, which made all the difference because otherwise I would have burned myself out on my leave somehow, I think. Absolutely. Because, you know, when work is our drug, then rest is our Mm -hmm. detox. What was the hardest, hardest part of leave for you? Well, the, just for the universe laughing in my 24 seven time together, the hardest part for, but that was a good thing. That was the time of homeschooling and no vaccine. So that was, it was actually a blessing in disguise. You know, 
the hardest part for me, I think, was reminding myself that I didn't need to get a thousand things done. When I was, I don't know about everybody else, but when I was on my maternity leave, I had these goals, right? I'm like, oh, I'll have time to clean out the pantry or do this or do that. And I remember going back. Yeah, all the things, make all the baby food. And I remember going back from at least two of those leaves and being like, I didn't get anything done. I mean, I just kept the human alive, a brand new, you know, baby plus two older siblings. But it, it was reminding myself, having had those experiences, I had to really keep myself in check to hold very low standards, or I considered them low standards, but to be kind to myself and allow myself to rest and live what I've, what turns out is just a normal life when you actually just go to bed before one o'clock and you, you live in the moment and you enjoy your kids. Like I had to really reset my entire system, um, which was hard because I had gotten so used to just that constant cortisol bath or fire hose of go, 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 go. The to-do list was never even barely done. Right. I think I told you at some point, like your expectations for this leave is to take care of your humans and maybe brush your teeth every so often. Yeah. And hydrate. Yeah. Hydrate and sleep. Like just do those things and that's fine. It's totally fine. So what awarenesses did you come out with from your, your time away sabbatical leave, whatever you want to call it, pause? Yeah, there were a couple, one of them. So I'm a surgeon and I usually would operate two to three days a week. And I love surgery for so many reasons. By the way, I feel like surgery found me. So it wasn't like I grew up thinking I'm going to be a surgeon and that was part of my identity, but unraveling that from my, that was a big part as I processed this whole, what if I retire from medicine? What if I take a pause, even just a leave? Like how is, how is that going to affect my abilities as a surgeon? And what was really useful for me is that I actually realized I didn't, and I, I wouldn't have come to this realization without you helping with this insight, but I didn't miss surgery, which was shocking to me. Like I was, I, I wouldn't have known that had I had a pause like that. Um, and I realized what I missed though was the teamwork. I I missed like I found that I didn't miss the things that I thought for sure I would miss. That was the, that was a realization. And I also realized that being able to sit in my house alone and think my own thoughts and brainstorm and journal, which used to before seem like this super rare indulgence that was super far down the to do list. You know, there's no time for that. Was I got to know myself again, which was the best part I think of the leave was to remember who I was. Like the Liz I was when I was 18, when I thought I could take on the world, when I was, you know, not in a you know cowboy way, but just trying new things and being confident and being resilient. And, you know, my identity was all the things that I was. It wasn't just this one identity that had become my life, which was work. So those were things that the lead really showed me. So you went back and I remember one of those conversations when you were like, oh, I know what I need to do now. Talk mm-hmm. about that moment. Like when I knew that I needed to leave for good? Yeah. Yeah. Did I say that when I was back or on my way back? Like, I think it was when I was, I I was back. I think you had hinted on it like when you were on leave, but it like fully like cemented in because you, if I remember it, you had like the best MA, you had like changed your schedule to like what really fit really well for your family. And you finally came to, I'm telling your story. You finally came to the realization of like, no matter how many levers I move around here, like I'm a square peg in a round hole. Yeah. And that was where I, that was something that you helped me really get clear on is that initially it was like, 
when I was so burnt out and I was just like, I'm so unhappy. I felt so stuck. I didn't, I couldn't figure out, is it the organization? Is it the location? Is it my life? Is it, you know, do I need more supplements? Like I couldn't figure out what, what it was. And the lead helped me realize that I could change everything. It's not, I mean, I didn't change everything. I changed some things in my schedule. I controlled the things I could control. And even with all of that, it was the environment and it was exactly what I was doing. That was not, I knew in my gut and in my heart, it was not sustainable. And the, I wouldn't have known that had I taken the lead because otherwise I was, you know, nose to the grindstone. You're just barely getting through the day and you don't have time to kind of lift your head up and like look around. Um, and I, I felt like I was in a, I was stuck in like a, what are they called? A dungeon. Like I was in this fog and I felt like I was just in a dungeon and I was stuck and there was no way out. And then the leave, I felt like almost the fog cleared. Part of it is I was actually probably more well-rested than I had been in, you know, eight, 10 years of my life. And um, all of a sudden I realized that there were like a million doors. <laughs> I wasn't actually in a dungeon. I was in like a, you know, a long hallway, which was what the once I went back to work that was cemented in. And I know we're giving like the surface level view because it wasn't as easy from like A to B to C to D here. Mm-hmm. Right. Quitting's actually really easy. Like all you have mm-hmm. to do is like turn in a letter and tell your boss. Talk a little bit about kind of the between your ears internal struggle that went along through this whole process. About the decision to quit. Yeah, decision to quit and like those moments when you're like, oh, that's what my husband's been trying to tell me. (laughs) Yeah, well, that I should throw out that my husband, who is the most amazing guy, he has brought our children up. He's so supportive. And multiple times he would see how miserable I was. He's like, you're a robot. You're like a shell. And at one point, then once I started working with you, Erin, and I would say to my husband, like, I I can do what I want. That's the big thing that he and I was like, I can do what I want. I could leave. And he was like, <laughs> yeah, that's what I've been saying. It's just, I, you know, which he did, you know, he lot of times was like, why don't you quit? We can do this. We can do this. Cause I, anyway, I wasn't in the right mind frame, I guess, until I had really talked to you. And between my ears is I, it's been kind of cool going back through the journey because now, you know, in retrospect, obviously it all looks like, Oh, it wasn't too bad. That wasn't too hard. It was so hard because I had to, undo all these thought processes, habits, ruts that were so ingrained that I, it was almost painful for me to think about. Like my first thought was like, what do people, people think, you know, the, all the common things like people are going to think I threw it away, but I realized that kind of leaning on that is almost like a reason not to do it was almost a crutch. Cause I don't really care what people think. That was just in my mind was a reason not to get off the hamster wheel. And so it was actually a very cool exercise uncovering these thought processes, these sort of like beliefs and almost, I guess a lot of it was almost habit that, and also that I, at one point you said, no one's going to save you. Like this is, if you continue in this way, that no one is going to come in and like relieve you from this misery. And that was, that was groundbreaking to be like, yeah, I have to do this for myself. And then also just asking, I, it's a lot of sitting and asking yourself the hard questions. Like, who am I? What do I care about? What are my values? That was a huge, for anybody who's sitting there feeling paralyzed by this thought of, I could leave, but that seems way too hard and difficult. One way you and I started is I just wrote a huge list of my values. And then we went through it and talked about 
why I was so frustrated and disappointed with quite a few things in the system. And you very, you know, you looked at everything and I described different things. And you said, Liz, you're not, when you aren't living aligned with your values, it doesn't feel right. Like you will always be, that leads to disappointment. And that leads to, um, I think of it almost like working in perpendicular. Like I just like I was butting my head against everything, (laughs) nature, thinking I could be awake for 48 hours in a row, you know, like I was butting my head against everything. And then when you said, when you live aligned with your values, the, the, the happiness happens, the fun, and you said, and money will come too. And like that blew my brain apart. It was like, I just need to live aligned with my values. <laughs> Nothing's wrong with my values. I just haven't been living that way. So just starting there was that kind of opened my mind somewhat. And then a bunch of other, you know, questions you encouraged me to ask myself that I realized it's not going to be easy to quit, which I eventually did, or even to change things. But you also reminded me, we didn't get here by accident. Like we've done, we can do hard things. Well, you didn't get to medicine by accident. You've always figured out a way. You're resourceful. You have all these strengths. Um, and actually getting to medicine and doing all the steps, that's not easy, but it's kind of a rail, railroad, right? Tracks that you mm-hmm. think of it as like there's a course and you take the test and you do the thing and then you apply and then you submit your application and then you write a letter and then you show up early for rounds as a med student. You know, we, we know how to get there, but the strengths and the superpowers, as you call it, and those things that help me succeed in those, those, I was finally able to believe those will help me find a new way and to get off those railroad tracks. I want to also point out the thing that you told me that was helped like expand my brain is you said the things that have gotten you here, like those aren't bad things. Like my addiction to work and this desire to make everybody happy. Like if I, you know, if I can just work harder, work hours or add more patients in, I will be doing more and helping that isn't a bad thing necessarily because it helped us get me get to where I am, but it's time to change that thought process. Like that's no longer serving me. And that was a really important realization that like I can reinvent myself and I can be a new, better version of me without beating myself up that I got to this point. Absolutely. And the word you gave today for us to talk about is buoyancy. So Mm -hmm. tell me why you picked it. So I, love water. And when you, well, I'm a recovering perfectionist. And so when I was trying to think of my word, both for this little exercise, and then when you and I talked back in the summer, you had said, how do you want to feel? How do you want to feel on your leave? How do you want to feel in the last six months of work? How do you want to feel once you're done, when you give your resignation? And the two words that I, it took me a while to come up with those because I had a huge list, but it was aligned. I wanted to be aligned with, you know, like I said, values and parenting and all that. Um, but also I wanted to feel buoyant because what I thought I listened to one of your podcasts where you had brought someone on, I think I'm a positive yours. Gosh, everything is a blur. Someone had talked about, you know, who kind of had come out of uh, burnout that they kind of remembered who they were back in high school, back in early college. And which I think I mentioned before that going back to that person was such a fun exercise. And also like when I thought of myself, I was buoyant, like, you know, I live in Maine, so we're on the water and we have lobster pods and we're on the boat. As a swimmer, I was a diver. I'm a Pisces. In a past life, I think I was a whale, obsessed with whales. And so, I don't know, I always think of the water. That's the water is where I've been. And I think of buoys, how they ride the waves and they are, you know, they, they always pop back up. And that was how I felt, you know, when I was younger, was buoyant. Like you wake up in the morning and you're ready to go. And I felt, um, I don't know if you've ever seen the lobster pots 
have a string or a rope and then they have the buoy that sits on the water and a lot of them will have a little flag way up top. And if the lobster pod gets either somehow tangled or something happens or it gets drugged or something, if you pull hard enough, that buoy will go underwater. And that's how I felt. Like I was literally drowning. Like I wasn't drowning. Like I was stuck under the water versus, you know, drowning, you're just going to run out of energy. But the little flag was on top. So people like, oh, she's still alive. You know, she's still kicking. She's still bringing in some RVUs. And when I thought about how do I want to feel every day, I want to feel buoyant. And that's been the word <laughs> in moments when I would suddenly, you know, little thought storms would come up and I'd be like, oh my gosh, like, am I really going to leave? And like, and the paycheck and all this, and what are we going to do about health insurance and all these worries would come up. I'm like, but how do I want to feel? I want to feel buoyant. I don't want to feel like I'm drowning and just barely getting through the day, just barely have enough fuse left to kind of like be in the moment with my children. So I can, I'm happy to say that that's how I feel now. Which so is, that was going to be my question. I was like, yeah. <laughs> are you, are you the, the buoy that's like riding the waves and the whales are playing yeah. with? Yes. <laughs> and the, and the sea otters, I mean, the seals, the harbor seals. Yes, I really am. And you and I had talked at one point and I was like, my dream is to be in my house and just be able to sit and think during the day. And you were like, I'm, and I was like, you seem so happy with your life and with your job. And you were like, I am, this is real. It's possible to be happy. <laughs> I was like, I was like, what? <laughs> like The day doesn't, you know, like I'd almost got this mindset that I needed to be exhausted and miserable with like no short-term memory and just, you know, can't remember the last time I peed or ate. Like that's just how life was. And that is not a buoyant sensation. That's a deflated like drug under the boat. <laughs> You're all in the prop at that point. Yeah, exactly. That's bad. That's bad. <laughs> a rope gets cut. Like, um, <laughs> so so I, 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 I'm so happy to say that I feel that way. And what has been such a fun part of this, like fun, but it feels for the process is I feel like I'm back to who I was. Like, I feel like I found the other half of a locket or something. Like, I'm I'm the me who, you know, got got as far as I did. And those values are coming out. Um, you know, I'm able to live them because I'm not just literally barely struggling through the day, which is how I felt. Like, race, 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 race home, barely get a kid to bed. And then be like, oh, and all my notes and all my this and all my that. Um, I don't ever want to go back there. Now that I've, like, felt this way again, this is how I'm going to stay. Yeah. And I mean, just to be perfectly transparent, like your future plans aren't like cemented in yet. You're still figuring Mm -hmm. it out. And we Mm -hmm. work through that process to be like, okay, you'll be okay. And you, you have time, you have space, you have reserve to, to take this time. And I think that's an important thing to say to the folks that are listening out there. It's it's not Cinderella. Like there's still dumpster fires. Like oh, yeah. the five-year-old still loses his shit, you know, and like, <laughs> you know, things happen. But I think it's coming to that point of, but now I'm in control of this. Yeah. Oh, so much. And that's what I realized. Again, when I think of it now, it's like, you know, we have, you know, you can do it. You can do what you want. You're the boss of your life. But I realized I truly am. Like you said, no one's going to save you. And I realized if I don't make a change now, like I have to for my state, for my sanity, for my children, for everything. And that's something, in, at least for me, that was really important was just getting back to my old self was like listening to my intuition because my gut, everything was telling me. And it, I knew there was a timeline. I knew I had to take my leave when I did. Turns out that ended up being when my kids had caught COVID. I just, those dates came to me and I knew I had to end when I did. You know, my husband was like, Can we go six more months. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, nope, 
got to be like the end of 2021. So listening to my gut was a big part of that. And then at first it was like, but I don't have a plan. I don't have anything. And you were like, it's going to be okay. Like, you know, I looked at my finances, my husband and I looked at everything. We got really serious with that. And we realized that it'll be okay. I'm, I'm fortunate enough that my husband has his own company and now he's back to being the one who leaves early and it's working out great. It's so, I'm so happy. But one thing that I think about all the time is, and it got me through some of my darker times, is when you had me make a huge list in the bur- burnout to badass workbook of things you like, things that you're good at, things that you like, you know, and like go crazy, write down everything. Obviously, I put down whales, um, but you know, like what could you also do as a job? I want to leave, you know, I could lead ghost tours in Scotland and, you know, work at this, at the donut shop, like all the things, which was kind of a fun thing to think about. And it felt more <laughs> proactive doing that than when I'd be driving to work, you know, at like, 6 a.m. and seeing some lady out going for a run and I'd be like all jealous like how does she have time to go for a run or she have to go to work <laughs> or I'd see the person in the McDonald's drive through and be like I could do that that's probably not a bad job out of desperation and feeling stuck but I was making this list out of like empowerment and then we talked about stuff and you said Liz whatever you do next it's all right here and you pointed to like you know the desk and that was the most and you were like, trust me, it's here. I'm not sure how, but that stuck with me because I knew you were right. In my gut, I was like, I'm going to figure it out. And I am currently figuring it out. But to know that I didn't have to invent something new or invent a new skill or come up with something out of a you know, magician's hat, that what got me this far was going to get me to the next stage. And that for sure is when I felt like my whole brain like break out of its robot shell. You know, those little... Uh, what do they call little sponge animals? They sell them like the grocery store in those little packets that have a little gel around them. <laughs> I know you're talking about because my kid always want to buy yes, them. Yes, they always want to buy them and then they're no fun afterwards. They're like, great. But that's what I felt like. Like I was in this little shell and put me in warm water, air and fast, and told me it's all right here. You can be anything you want to be and you don't have to know what it is yet. Time will tell. And you don't even have to have a plan. You can have a quick date and not know what you're doing yet, but you will figure it out. You've always figured it out. There's like my little gel capsule opened and I bloomed. And I think that was a big thing for you that you needed to hear that your intuition is one smart bitch and she will yeah. see through because yeah, have, you are a very right intuitive person <laughs> and you had kind of been shoving her in a corner for a while. Oh, hundred percent. Like she was in a big closet. And that was for me, and I know not everybody's intuitive, again, like getting back in touch with who I was, like realized my gut has never steered me wrong. And even with patience, my gut would lead me to, like I had been using it, but not even calling it intuition. I just thought it was, I don't know. Your doctorness. My doctorness. (laughs) But yeah, I think that was something that when, especially then when I started telling people that I was leaving and everyone's like, what are you doing next? What practice are you joining? And I was like, I'm not sure yet to be determined. Like that would blow people it still does but I feel so okay with it and I'm working on some stuff but for somebody who spent their entire life like filling out the next scantron sheet and rushing to the next thing this has been a really good exercise in trusting the universe taking time slowing down enjoying my children while they're little and if people do have a way you know especially in plan ahead I had to give a six month you know notice even if you don't exactly know the next step the universe you know I felt like it aligned up and I also felt like a door had to fully close before something new would open. So for all of our colleagues out there that are listening, 
what's the one thing that you really want them to walk away from, whether they're driving in their car or they're on a run right now, or it's mm-hmm. like 10 o'clock at night and they're just trying to veg out. Like, what do you want? What do you want all those friends out there to know? That nothing, if you're feeling, well, no matter how you're feeling, if you're feeling stuck, if you think you need a change, if you think you need a pause, that nothing is wrong with you. Whatever it is that is making you feel frustrated or feel like you're banging your head against the wall or exhausted, like I thought those were shortcomings of mine. And I realized that when I really sat down and figured out what I was banging my head up against or what I was feeling, I realized that those are actually superpowers. Like my ability to really care about a patient, pick up on different things about them and take the longer time and, you know, that wasn't a shortcoming of mine. Like I felt like something was wrong with me and I had to fix me. I think that when I finally realized nothing's wrong with me, like maybe I'm just a square peg in a a circular hole. So people who are feeling, and for the longest time I tried that, you know, that better, you know, if I could just work harder, if I do more, if I do this, if I do that, I read more parenting books, like maybe everything will get better because I thought something was wrong with me. And so I think that was the, where things started is I realized I wasn't alone that a lot of people feel this stuck sensation feeling and that it wasn't something that I necessarily, you know, you can't, you know, what is it, make, you know, chicken soup out of chicken poop. Like I couldn't just keep working harder and make a situation better, but it wasn't because I was not working hard enough. Like that, that was my initial thought. And then the other thing I would encourage them to do would be, if you think you don't have time, you do. That was my big thing is that the time scarcity fallacy is it was in my mind, it was like, multiple like, maybe you should take a break. Maybe you should take a lead. And it's like, no, 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 no. I can't. My patience. And then I realized life will go on. Patients will live. Someone else will see them. Like, that is not my circus. <laughs> that was my big thing. You know, that is not my problem. It's, that's not my problem to hold. Like, I am most responsible. I am the one responsible for me. Like you said, no one's going to save you. So if you think you don't even have time to take a day off or take a few days off or take a leave, it was invaluable to do that so it would be that would be if you need to take a lead do it because you don't commit right you weren't quitting and you might realize way more than you thought you would and then the second thing would be um, nothing's wrong with you if you're feeling this way and my third thing would be seek out a coach working with Aaron you know working with you working with Tina like just to have somebody to talk to to reflect back questions I don't think I could I think I could have done a lot by myself just with books and stuff but for me it's the interaction the conversations that really helped me and to have someone to be accountable to <laughs> be like, okay, Liz, what are you doing now? Like what's, what's next for me was so helpful. So whether it's just a, what is it you call it? Discovery call, you know, just reaching out, which I was nervous when I first did the master class. I don't know why, like, but I felt nervous. Like, Oh, like I feel like by admitting I'm burnt out, I don't know. The burnt out police are going to come nab me, but I'm glad that I dared to do that. So I got step out of my comfort zone because it opened this whole new universe. Absolutely. And I'll never go back. <laughs> and now I'm just floating on the water. There you go. Well, Dr. <laughs> Liz Pierce, I I am just so excited for where you're at. You should just be so proud of yourself. As I've reminded you often, this is you. You've done this. I've just got to be the hiking buddy that's come along on the way. And I can't wait to see what two more years looks like from here. Me too. Well, I can't thank you enough. And a shout out. We did a VIP hike together, which was June 15th, which is exactly halfway through the year, right before I gave my notice, right when I needed it to be. That's when I decided I'm resigning. I'm telling you, lots of stuff happens on the trail. So it does. I think it's the best place to be. 
basket for the soul. friend, if you think you're burned out, you probably are. But I've got some good news for you. Head on over to burntouttobadass.com or you can get a CME course. That's right. CME credits to get yourself out of a place of burnout and back to being a total and absolute badass. You'll go through 12 different modules. You'll get to chitty chat with me on the backside and have lots of fun exercises and thought work to do to help you move from a place of just surviving to absolute thriving. So far, we've had many physicians go through the program and they absolutely love it. One of those docs the other day even mentioned to me that she went back and recently did the report card exercise. And you know the wheel of life is in there if you followed me for half a second. It's definitely one of my top exercises. But anyway, before I give all the details away, go over to burntouttobadass.com and check out the self-paced course same title, Burnt Out to Badass, and get you some CME hours today. She talks about me having good nuggets, but... Liz Pierce, you had some amazing ones in this interview. I was like hurrying and scratching down notes. Cortisol fire hose. Love it. Your dungeon analysis. Amazing. You know, reflecting back to me the things that I've said to you, I like continue to learn from that. So thank you for those reminders. But most of all, you're right. Buoys always pop back up to the surface. And girl, You are not just floating in the ocean. You are riding those waves. I am just so elated for you. And I want you all to know out in podcasting world, this is a real story. This isn't just like some kind of foo-foo bullshit. Liz is a real auntie. She's a real person. And she is really doing things. And that can be yours as well. Now, of course, your story is going to be different. It's going to have different tits and turns. You're going to have different interests. But the main point that I want to get across is you can pick a word on how you want to feel and chase that down. So like always, my friend, remember your life, your calling, your pulse absolutely matters.